0: Two, ready, one. Hello and welcome to Say That Podcast for your big questions, get real answers. My name is Matt King, I'm your host here in the city of Chicago, and joining me here is Glenn Fitzgerald, the president of Mission USA. I'm hopped up on Wisconsin cheese. I thought that was going to go a different way after Whisk. Also joining us, Jed Brew, the director
1: of Miss USA Productions. I don't need cheese because I'm hopped up on life. Wow. That yeah. makes
0: cheese sound like a street drug. <laughs> <laughs>
1: so joining us, all of the
0: Tennessee, one of the pastors of Christ Community Church, Lee Younger.
2: You know, guys, some people are lactose intolerant. This is kind of insensitive to them. Wow, that's wow. totally true. Not in
0: yeah. Wisconsin, they're not. <laughs> <laughs> Well, we start off this week in a way we don't normally, but we have a preview announcement. Ooh. That's right. Next week, we, you guys, we've done some of these interviews before. Well, next week, we have what may be our biggest interview yet. Uh-oh. Have you oh. heard of a little band called Hootie and the Blowfish? I know you have. Whoa. Nobody likes a liar. I know you
1: have. Stop yeah? saying no. Matt, do we have maybe numerical proof that the people have heard of a little band called Hootie and the Blowfish? I
0: believe the number on that, according to uh, no less a source than wikipedia.com, would be $23 million. Being the number of records Hooting the Blowfish has sold. 13 number one sing, 13 top top 10 singles in the US. So they're doing quite well. Indeed. Don't
3: they have the number 16 selling album of all time? Yeah, they
0: got like one of the top 20 selling albums of all time, you know, in all of music. Dang. Beethoven's Night Symphony, they outsold it. It Sucks. right that's what i heard <laughs> that's what i garbage. heard garbage yep. hey, yeah yeah oh to joy Ta- tell me about the units exactly right. right it's all about that's- units well one of the members of that band is uh, the drummers a guy named jim sonafeld He's okay. a really good dude. He's actually walking with the Lord now. He's put out a cu- couple of his third uh, Christian album is coming out. Whoa. So he was cool enough to sit down and chat with me, and that's going to be on next week's episode. He's a great guy. He uh, kind of did the whole rock star thing, lived the life. He's now in recovery, and he's uh, walking with the Lord, kind of touring around to like uh, celebrate recovery groups and that kind of stuff and sharing his story and talking about the Lord to people. So it's really Awesome thing, and we're thrilled to have him, so be sure to check that out next week on episode 185. Fancy. Oh, yeah. Fancy indeed. Now, on one hand, you got people like uh, Jim who have a lot of notoriety, a lot of success, and they they fit, look at with, how do I do something for the Lord with that, and he'll talk about that in the interview, and he has uh, some gifts and some notoriety, and he uses that to help people who are really in a difficult state and empathize and relate with them, and that's one way to go with being a Christian celebrity. Hmm. hmm. And there's another way. Uh-oh. Some would call it the Cameron Road. <laughs> and that uh-uh. is to make awful, awful movies. <laughs> now, we've talked about this before on the show here. Is it awful
3: news of an emergency proportion?
0: That would really be up to you, Glenn.
3: Well, uh, well you know what? Tell you
0: what. You deliver it. I'll give I... you one more piece of information, then I'll let okay. you do the judge. Okay. There's now a home for all these terrible Christian movies. You've heard of the Netflix. But, friends, I come to you talking of pure flicks. I declare a state of emergency! <laughs> As well, you should. As well, Glenn exploded into
2: emergency status.
0: Friends at home, if you could see the look <laughs> of just despondence on Glenn's face when I first told him that there was a Christian Netflix... And I mean, it was called Pure Flix. I mean, surely you're making that up. No, you can go right now to PureFlix.com. They're, they're pure. Flix, F-I-L-X. Okay. Which that doesn't sound too pure to me, but com. And oh, what you will find. Okay. Okay. It, uh,
3: before we dive in, just just on the top <laughs> layer. Yeah. Sure. On the top layer, we're going to do a Christian mu- uh, service of a... Uh, Crappy, super crappy movies right. with the Jesus theme term. What are we going to call the service? Okay, mm. they kicked this around for the Lord only knows how long. Hired an outside firm to come in with whatever, and and the winner was flicks Yeah, yep. I don't think so, fellows. No, you're
1: not feeling it. No. Uh, just no. well, Glenn. I want to put this out there: Is there a chance that you are not their target audience? <laughs> well, you know,
3: you make an extremely strong point. Yes, just asking. No, yes, you're, you're, yeah. I'm not the target demographic, <laughs> not by a long stretch.
0: Well, the other thing about that, and it's you know, it's bad branding because it's just. Oh, it's so lame. But I don't know if you guys ever heard of this. There was a it was I think it was a Mormon company, a company out of Utah, like years and years ago, kind of in the old VHS days, that would take regular blockbuster movies and just edit all the naughty bits out.
1: Really? Yes. Okay. And that
0: was pure film or something. But that was that was an actual business model. It's like Wow. You watch Braveheart, but it's like eighty it's minutes. Seven long. minutes long. Yeah, they take everything <laughs> out of it. Actually they're probably fine with Really graphic violence. Well, sure, that doesn't offend anyone. The way God at movies all. in this country are treated uh, tell us anything. Well, let's let us delve deeper.
1: Okay, please do. As Glenn oh, suggested. Lord. Oh,
0: Lord. I, I, you know, as you do when someone sends you a link to pureflix.com, <laughs> first of all, you click on it with a little trepidation because yeah. that could be the old switcheroo as far sure, as website absolutely. titles go. But this one is what it sounds like. So um, I found one of the featured films, which okay. I thought particularly. For this, our, our for this group of people would really be enjoyable. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna give you the summary first, and the title will be the kicker.
1: Okay, oh, Lord.
0: So I read from product description on PureFlix.com: an associate pastor of a famous megachurch, James no, White. Just no, just no. Wait till you hear. Jumps at the chance. Jumps. Okay. At the chance to lead an impoverished African American congregation <laughs> in Atlanta. So it's a science fiction film, (laughs) which I think we're all on board with. His Uh, wife and two children aren't crazy about the move, yeah, and uh, neither is his new flock. mm, uh, Now we have hit on a note of realism, sure. But can they, along with a musical miracle from? Insert pretty well-known gospel artist who it depresses me to say out loud here. Okay. Don't want to tarnish this person's brand. Save their church from a corrupt banker mm. eager to foreclose. Ooh. That's a, it's a shades of 80s Save the Community Center movies.
1: Absolutely. Yeah.
0: It stars, among others, Victoria Jackson... Who some of our older audience may remember from Saturday Night Live, some of our current audience may remember from Unhinged Rants on Fox News. Sure, right. Um, Jack Hay, okay. Mm -hmm. Room, there's like a room, and then there's a number back here, two to seven. I think, yeah, like a sitcom in the '70s. And we come to the kicker from Family Matters, Carl (laughs) Winslow himself. He does get final billing. I don't know if that's any good or not. (laughs) Reginald Val Johnson.
1: Oh my goodness,
0: he was he was Carl. He was on the TGIF. Sure. He was in Die Hard. He was
1: in Die Hard. And
0: now he's in this movie about a white megachurch pastor pastoring a black church in Atlanta called Brother White.
3: (laughs) Oh, come on, man. That that may be the most evil thing I've
1: ever heard in my life. I got to ask, is there an appearance by TV's Kevin Sorbo?
0: No, but if you – not unless you count by appearance going down to related products.
1: Okay.
3: Where
0: what if Ellipses starring Kevin Sorbo is the first one? Okay. (laughs) Let me me just throw
3: this out there. Please do. If you don't like it, throw it right back. Sure. I'm I'm pitching. Sure. This is what they do in Hollywood is they have pitches. Right. I've heard that. That's true. This is my elevator pitch. All right. Lay it on me. Because it's as if you're in an elevator. Sure. Yeah. Say it real quick before you get to your floor. Absolutely right. Okay. Same movie. Yeah. Uh, you know, a, a white megachurch pastor comes to save the day right. in the neighborhood. Right. As if such a thing could ever happen. And apparently they're having financial problems, with the megachurch can't do anything about it, which mm. you? Yeah. But Kevin Sorbo right. appears okay. as the reanimated corpse okay. of Samson. <laughs> okay. Wow. Has the jawbone of a donkey. Okay. And kills everyone in the movie.
1: I, <laughs> wow. I think you got a go picture. Yeah. You know what I mean? I'm gonna green light that picture right now. You gotta go picture. I would watch that movie. I don't
0: need Kent Ramsey at all. That's what's supposed to go. <laughs> <laughs> it's a deep cut, Steve Martin fans, but we all doing it.
1: Yeah. All right, can I can I ask this? Because yeah. we've established you're not their target demographic. That's I mean for and sure. clearly super duper not. And we also, those who know the Uncle Glenn, know that the Uncle Glenn goes to movies for one reason and one reason only, and that reason is explosions. That's correct. Yep. So here's what I want to know. How many explosions have to occur in Brother White before you would consent to watch it?
3: Well, it, that's a, it's an excellent question. Okay. And then th- this is, we get to the heart of things here. Okay. Uh, <laughs> the question is not, thematically and theologically, how many explosions. Mm. Right. It's really who's getting exploded. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> okay. If Brother White takes the explosion.
3: <laughs> if if in the first scene, Brother White says, I'll go help those people in that bad neighborhood, and then he explodes into a thousand tiny pieces, and then we say, you know, we have to carry on in his honor right. and try and do things. Right. Then, yeah, that, that's, a, that's a solid,
2: uh, you know,
1: you feel like you could back that. Yeah. Okay.
2: Let me ask this if there were monkeys with machine guns who take down Brother White in the bad neighborhood in Atlanta, would you then watch the movie? Okay,
3: let me tell you what. Here's the here's here's what you're missing. These monkeys with machine guns need to be on horseback.
1: Yeah. Okay. Um, oh yeah.
3: sure. We've established that. Speaking okay. English. Yeah. Oh yeah. You know, speaking English. And, and just telling everybody how it goes down. Dude,
1: Doc Dr. zayas hunting Brother White. Come I, on. I would watch that movie. Yes.
0: Well, I'll also point out, I think this is true, that there's no movie kind of in the history of cinema that could not be improved by in the last five minutes it being revealed that it took place in the Planet of the Apes universe and yeah. just monkeys and horses coming in. Yeah, yeah. totally right. Like, That's you know, true. Godfather, you know, it's the uh, Michael of this, um, you know. Uh, testify Michael at the christening, and then all the people getting knocked off. But then also monkeys take over.
1: Absolutely right. Absolutely. End of right.
0: Titanic. You know, old lady remembers, and now yeah, but monkeys
1: take over. Well, I think this is right. the thing. This is what's what's occurring to me is is there a way we could get hired as creative consultants for Pureflix? Clearly, we got a pitch. They, you know, they, they need some help. Well, look here is what here is what
3: they started with. We'll take something that's successful, mm-hmm. and and then rhyme. The name, right, and then have lame stuff instead of explosion. Sure, right. sure,
1: absolutely. So
3: they're starting with two strikes against them, right? They need our help, absolutely. We know. Look, let me just tell you what. I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna give you the secret sauce right now. Yeah, you want to have a hit motion picture, right? Talking raccoon, Talking Okay, <laughs> absolutely talking raccoon. It's, no it's one
0: for one
1: so far.
3: Okay, so. You throw in a tree in there that's, you know, uh, and so forth, that's his buddy.
1: Right. we got to have a buddy as a tree. Boom. Done.
3: Zillion dollar profit yes. right there. You know what I
2: mean? Yes. Is, is it possible that we could take some of the the classic uh, Christian movie platforms that have worked with Christians, that have worked with the demographic that PureFlix is aiming for, and then add some of the elements that we think that would make, it into an actual good movie. So let's say you had you had Fireproof, right? Two, wow. um, Dawn of the Dinosaurs. Okay. So like you got it's like Fireproof Two. It's a sequel, but they've also he's got a new job and they're cloning dinosaur DNA.
1: So what you're saying is is there's uh, in in Fireproof Two, Fireproofer, there's right. a, a genetic experimentation <laughs> where they're cloning dinosaurs, but then a fire breaks out at that facility, right? And he's got to go solve it. At the same time, though, marital problems. Right. And so right. he's, like, trying to not get eaten by a Velociraptor, right. put out this fire, but also he's on the phone with his wife, and, like, right. look, yeah, I know we do need to talk things out more, and you're right, and as soon as I get home, but exactly. then the Velociraptor bites him, and it's a whole thing.
3: And don't go in there. There's a lot of that. Don't, don't go, go in, in there. there. There's It's full of vero- yeah. Velociraptors.
1: Exactly right. Okay, that are on fire. And then the denouement is when he brings home Chick-fil-A to his wife. Right. Which is wow. actually... The key turning point in the actual Fireproof movie. I'm not making that up.
2: <laughs> that just that's, made me really sad. That is
1: actually yep. it.
2: Is yeah. that really true? That's y- it. Yeah, no, that's actually it. He wears that's a sweater. That. We should stop. We should stop recording, and the world should end now. That
0: brings <laughs> oh, it's it's dark.
2: Yeah. Well, them chickens really
3: hate gay dudes. But <laughs> here's what I'm trying to say: is he gets bit by the Velociraptor, right? And it, you know, what happens is he gets that. Uh, Saliva in there. Right. And it makes him go all haywacky. Absolutely. I thought
0: this was going to be vampire velociraptor.
3: And (laughs) he's got to call up his wife and say, hey, this might be the velociraptor uh, venom talking. Right but I, I think we have to work some things out
1: well it, it creates you know the the screenwriters they talk about the ticking clock right i like the vampire velociraptor because he's slowly turning into a velociraptor sure. which means we got to save this marriage before he devours his own wife and that, then, that, that is raising the sure. stakes and then, okay in
0: a beauty and the beast style twist Once she accepts his Chick-fil-A, he becomes human again. Exactly right. And somehow already wearing a sweater. (laughs) Again, not a thing we're making up about Fireproof. (laughs) One of the ways you know the Kirk Cameron character has accepted Jesus is he starts wearing V-neck sweaters. That actually happens.
1: Anyone who will Photoshop for us a Velociraptor in a sweater. (laughs) Instant super fan for life status. Let
3: me just say this right now because I got a serious problem. I, I
1: almost guarantee it's not serious.
3: Here's my serious problem. What are we going to wear on the red carpet at the Academy Awards?
1: Sweaters, obviously. Nice. Well, Tuxedo
3: sweaters. Yes. Well,
0: okay, I like it. I think it's good. I think it's it's on brand, but you know, if, if it's the red carpet, you got to you got to really zhuzh it up. So, right. Can, backless sweaters? Can we do that?
3: <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay, roll this one back now. Roll back the time here. Did you use <laughs> the verb form of zhuzh. <laughs> yes, to zhuzh. Pod, to judge, Or the gerund. I guess that's a gerund. <laughs> no, the yeah,
0: that's yeah. the important part. <laughs>
3: <laughs> because that I find that fundamentally disturbing. Indeed it is. Second of all, and let's be clear on this, I've said it before on the podcast, I'm saying it again. You take the shirt off of me, you think you're in the same room with Chewbacca. (laughs) (laughs) If I'm wearing a backless sweater, you won't be able to tell because there's enough fur going on back there. You think I still got the sweater on.
1: (laughs) To save us all and stop this, I'm going to declare emergency off right now. (laughs) That's very good. It's very, very
0: good. We started with a pure flicks movie about a white man saving a black church called Brother White. And somehow made it worse.
2: Yeah, you know, that's our. That's gift. the
0: kind of stuff you only get on this podcast. I think our.
2: I think our movie actually had more reality in it. Yeah, well, well almost
0: certainly. Well, if you'd like us to have the capital to make. Jesus-loving, marriage-saving, philosopher-after-vampire. That's a working <laughs> title. Um, you can certainly support us with Bridgebox. That's, it's only $8 a month, so it's going to take a lot of you signing up for us to get that sweet, sweet, Kirk Cameron-style money. <laughs> and until we do that, we'll continue to hire part-time staff. We just hired a new part-time Ooh. staff person here in Chicago who would have no other means of being able to uh, get some part-time ministry work to help out our bridge service, help out guys coming out of jail, guys coming out of addiction, facilities, get back on their feet and most importantly, get involved in the local church. That's what we do in our day jobs and bridge box is a way you can support that and get a lot of cool stuff for yourself, songs, sermons, etc. Only $8 a month, missionusa.com slash All All right. You know, our first question here, if you have this all the way to the end, I'll give you some ways to get in touch with this. This question came into our Tumblr inbox and it says, Hey guys, say that fan here. Well, that's a well, coincidence because say that yeah. here. I know you guys get a lot of questions regarding pornography. Well, I have this overwhelming fear that's haunted me for years about being in a relationship because I'm convinced I'm going to fail in that area. I'm convinced I'm going to hurt this girl that I like and break her heart. This fear has put the brakes on any potential relationship I've had in the past. I would love your input on the podcast. Thanks. And Lee, why don't you start us off?
2: Uh, Absolutely. Uh, Thanks for the question. The one thing I would say on this is actually an encouragement to you that You're actually already pointed in the right direction because uh, of a couple of reasons. One is that you're willing to admit that this is a problem that you want to deal with and that you're willing to say that it doesn't belong in a relationship once you're in a relationship with somebody else. And And that may seem like a really, really obvious thing and it may not seem like it's a big deal, but it actually is. And the reason is because most people just simply don't talk about it. Yeah. Uh, for most people, it's just the thing that we don't mention, we don't talk about, we're not honest about. I'm not letting anybody behind the curtain on this thing. So for most folks, you know, the the way that I've uh, I've told some people about this is, in my experience, um, <clears throat> in my experience, uh, guys are either uh, they either have a plan in place with some really good friends that they're being honest about on this, or they're utterly compromised and they're just not talking to anybody about it whatsoever. So the idea that you are willing to be honest about it and willing to say, I don't want this. I see it's a problem. I want to figure out a way to get through it. You're actually ahead of the game uh, compared to a, a lot of folks. So that's really cool. Th- those are two things that you definitely need. The, the third thing, the, the big key thing that you need is that you need a plan. Mm-hmm. And the reason is because pornography is... You need to think of pornography as as a medicine that you're using to treat other stuff. Yeah. Um. So you you might have um, you might have some boredom, some discouragement, some depression, some exhaustion, some uh, some stress, and you're using pornography to medicate those other things. And so what we want to do is we we want to find some healthy alternative treatments for some of these things. Now, the the, the idea of being honest about it and of saying, I want to get out, those are the first two keys. And then the next thing you need is you need a good, believing dude that you can be honest about with that, um, who will help you kind of talk through, what's my plan? And, and basically the way that, and that's, this is not a hard thing to do. It takes some creativity. It takes a lot more honesty, but, and, and to be perfectly honest, it's going to take you, um, you're, you're, you're going to keep, you're going to, you're going to have some more stumbles in this thing. And it's, and it's going to be kind of the, the way that you kind of hone in on what the problem is. What, what, what is it that I'm treating with pornography? What, what is the thing that I'm medicating? What's the, what's the problem that I'm facing? And then how can I come up with a creative, a different, a healthy alternative, but, but you're in a good place to start the next thing. And and I'll kind of pass it around to these other guys to help develop this thought. But the next thing for you is to, is to come up with a plan.
0: I think That's a great point. And part of coming up with a plan is kind of being in the right mindset for that. And one of the big misconceptions people have is that being scared of something helps in that process when, yeah. in, in fact, it's very much the opposite. Right, Glenn?
3: Absolutely right. I, I'm going to zero in on something you're saying here. You say, I'm convinced uh, that I'm going to hurt, hurt this girl that that you're interested in now. This fear has put the brakes on any potential relationship I've had in the past. Well, okay, so here's here's you. You're afraid of this thing happening, and apparently it's put some sort of damage or, or ended relationships in the past, just that you've been afraid that this was going to happen is what I'm reading here. Uh, it may have been that you actually backslid in that area and, and that ended those relationships. Uh, but living in fear actually does not in any way at all help you to overcome mm. any of this. Uh, As Lee is rightly pointing out, you need to be proactive in this. You need to be moving forward. You need to be thinking in terms of how do I um, have healthy uh, uh, responses to these urges that I have. Uh, I'm wondering if there isn't. Uh, if fear isn't one of those triggers that Lee was talking about, mm-hmm. is, there, or, or is it maybe a case where there's so much anxiety in this relationship that I'm sabotaging my way out of a healthy relationship by saying, oh, well, you know, I like looking at naked pictures, so I guess we have to break up. You know? Sure. Um, yeah. That's not a criteria. You know, uh, that's That's not how that works. Everybody has... Uh, physical and sexual desires, that's a healthy part of life. Uh, A couple of quick points behind that. Uh, First of all, uh, marriage and dating are two very different things when we're talking about the physical side of things. There's meant to be boundaries on your uh, uh, sexual behavior when you're dating. When you're married, that's all going to change. Uh, But I think you're worried about this future where... Um, there may be uh, a marriage, but you're still interested in pornography and all these other things. I think it's important to to for you to set the goal now that uh, it's important then for you and your future bride to figure out together how do we have an extremely sexually satisfying marriage. Mm-hmm. But that's important. Mm-hmm. Um, again, these are proactive solutions. Everything you're doing is about shrinking back in fear. I'm afraid of this. I'm afraid of that. I'm afraid of something else. And if I just dig a hole and climb into it, then I won't have these kinds of problems. <laughs> that's that's not I mean, porn has a way of just finding you wherever you are. Sure. I mean, it's on yeah. billboards. It's on any web page you look at. Whatever. You can't hide from it. Unfortunately, it's just not a strategy mm-hmm. that's going to work. Um, but the idea of moving forward and saying. Uh, I don't need this. Uh, whatever this is, I'm a happily married man, and this this is where we don't need. You know, no thanks. We we've got that covered at home. Mm-hmm. So there's a there's a point where uh, where you have your needs met on one side, and you don't have to worry about that temptation on the other. Mm-hmm.
0: I think it's an excellent point. And you and uh, Lee both pointed out a lot of um, good stuff about how this relates to uh, sexuality and the sexual side of a relationship. And part of this, but part of this that I'd like to you talk about, Jed, is just kind of being in a relationship in the sense of even if it's not porn, there are things you're going to screw up and hurt your partner's feelings with.
1: No question. And
0: we need a strategy for dealing with that as opposed to just hoping it doesn't happen.
1: Absolutely right. Absolutely right. Uh, whether um, you know in your serious relationships or in your eventual marriage, whether you have a struggle with porn or not, I don't know. But what I can certainly say with confidence, because you're human, is you're going to screw something up. Uh, sure.
2: you're,
1: you're going to find a way to be selfish. You're going to find a way to be a jerk because you're a human. Um, mm-hmm. and we we all we all fall short. So that's that's an inevitability. That's not exactly bad news. It's just something we've got to be prepared to deal with. Right. Um, you know, um, it. I think we have a way of looking at things that are taboo and pretending like they're totally different. Well, they're, they're not, it's, it's all about selfish jerky behavior. It's, you know, it's kind of all in that same stew. So, you know, I mean, um, so again, even if there's nothing sexual at some point, you're going to be in a bad mood and you're going to say something uncool to your spouse. That's, that's going to happen. Um, Welcome to being human. So the question is what then? You know, because if our thought is, well, maybe that means it's all bets are off and and whatnot. Um, well, that that would be a problem. But if we say it is inevitable that at some point I'm going to say or do something that's uncool, a humble person would say it's inevitable. I'm going to do that on a fairly regular and consistent basis. Right. Um, yeah. But what do I do then? What's what's the strategy look like then? Well. The good news, it's, it's actually pretty easy. Where the situation calls for it, it's about apologizing and making amends. There are situations where it doesn't call for it, but, but where it does, we want to do those things. We want to figure out how do we grow and improve in that area? Not how do we jump from where we're at to perfection? That's a different thing. Yeah. But, but how do we grow and how do we improve? And then getting back up and keeping on trucking. Um, you know, this is the thing is uh, as a married man, here's what I can tell you. You're going to have days, you're going to have moments where you say or do something uncool. Um, you have a choice whether or not that's the last word on that day of your marriage. Uh, mm-hmm. You have a choice on whether or not you apologize and say, hey, I acted like a jerk, and I'm sorry, and uh, I'm going to go take the trash out. You put your feet up and relax, and I'm going to take care of a couple errands and whatnot. You have a choice about how you deal with that moving forward. Um, there are... In truth, in relationships, there are very few unforgivable sins from which you absolutely can't recover. There are some, you also don't accidentally fall into them. Right, um, yeah. Leaving those things aside, um, if you're willing to say, if you willing to own up to what you've done, if you're willing to make amends, and if you're willing to, to work on it and move forward, um, that's how all relationships grow. And the mm-hmm. thing that you need to know is that's going to be just as true for your wife as it is for you. Um, you know, oftentimes in church, we get this weird mentality where women are perfect in relationships and men are screw-ups. And holy cow, is that not true? Right. Um, you know, both of you need to have an attitude of we will inevitably make mistakes. We will inevitably be uncool towards each other. We're prepared to apologize, take ownership of what we've done, figure out how to improve and how to move forward. Yep. Yeah,
0: that's absolutely right. That's a lot of good stuff to uh, meditate on or can move on to our next question here. This came in to glenn's tumblr inbox Hmm.
1: you know i have a question i've been wondering for a while because sometimes just i forget i know all of our blogs can be somewhat popular right i Mm. mean fairly popular right at at times but how how do you feel like yours just the popularity would would rate kind of comparatively
3: like um like if you're
1: so if i'm like a level three let's say right 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 right. what, what what do you feel like you would be well
3: uh i I think probably about a million wow oh. Man.
1: <laughs> that's pretty amazing. I you've mean, got that popularity on lockdown, I mean, but you know what fellas?
3: It's not a competition,
1: not at all <laughs> I mean you no, do you seem like humble you do seem to have adorned yourself with ribbons <laughs> uh but if
3: it was a competition, yes, I would be winning, and medals that i thinker th- from a five k it's, it's not a. It's th- which I've never run. Uh, uh, it's it's not a competition. Seems
0: to be a most improved third grade softball trophy. I <laughs> assume you got that at some kind of pawn shop. Right. All right. Well, I and just Glenn's, a
3: little bit of masking tape. and Yeah. <laughs> popular. Most popular podcast. All right. Well, or, in the
0: Glenn's very popular blog, we have a question. It comes in. It says, thank you, Jed, Matt. Thank you, as addressed to Glenn. So right. thank you. Glenn, Jed, Matt, and Lee. So much for doing what you do and producing a Christian podcast with some actual good sense in it. I have a feeling this person hasn't listened to all of every episode. Mm, Anyway, I get furious with church people about the harm they do in the name of Jesus, but how do I deal with the fact that I just want to shout from the rooftops that Christianity isn't really a guilt-ridden, shameful, and depressing thing and that all of these church people are wrong for making – me and other people feel like this, and man, have I got some news for you about what Jesus is actually like. Trying to explain that seems in a lot of ways exhausting, pointless, and a bit like trash talk. So how do I spread the truth? And Glenn Wunsch starts off.
3: Yeah, I think, uh, I, I did write a bit of, about this on my blog, but I, I would like to expand on some of those thoughts here. And I think, first and foremost, let's tell the truth. Uh, people looking at what... Uh, uh, the, when people look at the shady uh, things that shady so-called Christian people do, they recognize, by and large, that that's not the teachings of Christianity. Mm-hmm. And that the uh, other millions and millions of other people who practice that religion do not share these views, that these mm-hmm. are, are extremists, they're weirdos, they're people who have taken religion and just pasted it onto their own you know, weird... Uh, Crusade that they want to be on, so uh, I think people have easily enough recognize this isn't the teachings of Christ. I think they 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 know that. Um, the real question is, um, what sort of solutions can we present to mm. people? We can sit around and believe me, if you get the four of us going, we can get griping on this subject like you would not believe, and and there's a lot of tasty. Uh, uh, a lot I, of angles to get into. Yeah, oh, believe me. No doubt about it. But here's the thing is we're actually the kind of people that where we're in positions where we talk to guys who have power, they listen to the things that we have to say, and there are times when uh, we're in a position to suggest a solution, and if we're not doing that, I don't think we have the right to gripe sure. right. Uh, about uh, stuff behind their back. There are times when I've said, uh, to to you know church leaders or whatever, you guys aren't doing X, and I think that kind of sucks to be honest with you. And uh, what are you guys going to do about it? And and had the, those same leaders turn around to me and says, "Well, what would you do about it?" I, said, I I don't know. I didn't take the job, so you know that I don't I don't spend a lot of time thinking about it. He says, "Well, think about it. When you figure it out, and you get all the answers, you let me know." Mm-hmm uh but you you realize there there are times where it's it's easy to talk about an institutional level of nonsense uh it 's really hard to think about how on earth would you go about fixing that uh It turns out though um I think we need to as part of that understand the nature of the fight that you 're trying to 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 address here uh, on one level, the simplest and easiest way for you to deal with this is for you to be legit. And mm-hmm. just do it, right. start serving finding out, find other people who are legit and and do what you 're doing uh, all too often. what we see is uh, the 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 enemy spreading as many christians uh, solid Christians out as far and wide as he possibly can, mm-hmm. uh, probably every jacked-up church has one really, really, really legit Christian at the center of it, holding it together with whatever, and is being mistreated and, and is, is being drained of the will to go on or whatever. If you got all those people together, they could do amazing things. So, so I think finding people, like-minded people, and banding together is absolutely key. Second of all, it's about recognizing that, uh, that things are the way they are because people have a stake in them mm-hmm. being that way. Uh, It's not just that people don't know unless you quote them a Bible verse. It's not as if Mm -hmm. they've never considered that it could be wrong to do it this way or that way. Uh, They have convinced themselves of their own uh, deal. And so in many cases what you're, you're dealing with is a problem that is deeply entrenched where the responsibility for who can do and should do something about it is diffused. Sure. So you have one guy in a denominational role that's doing something dumb, but the guy above him isn't going to do anything about it, so the people underneath him have to do something about it. But there's zillions of people underneath him, and they're all looking at each other and waiting for the other one to do mm. something. Um, so I think we have to understand the nature of if you want to to change... Uh, if you want to make things better just go out and do them better mm-hmm. if you want to change how christianity is going that's a much deeper and and much more involved thing than you might guess
0: yeah i think that's absolutely true and uh, it's a as you're saying it's a big ask to kind of change the culture of christianity in one go or at all but one of the things we can start with and Jed, like gets you to talk a little about this is your own actions kind of the things you can't control and seeing how that starts to affect the world around you
1: Absolutely. Christianity is something that you live out. Uh, it's it's right. actually not something you talk about. Right. It's, it's lived. The, the thing I would encourage you to do, and I, I relate to your question, and I, I appreciate your question. I really appreciate you writing in. Um, I would encourage you to make up your mind to um, live out what you think Christianity is supposed to be. Um, to set an example through your actions. Uh, that It could be feeding the poor, caring for the sick, welcoming the immigrant. But the key thing is to let your actions do the talking. Um, I guarantee if you do that, and that's from personal experience, your unsaved friends will see that you're doing that, and they'll get it. Oh, yes. They'll, yeah. they'll understand. They won't have any questions about that at all. It'll make Absolutely. perfect sense to them. Yep. But I think this is is one of the the, the key temptations is, we live in a time where one of the key besetting sins before Christians, and particularly young Christians, is um, to simply let this be about the things they say. Um, the tweets yeah. they post, uh, the, the zippy stuff they put on Facebook. And I'd encourage you to not do that. Um, I'd encourage you, if you care about an issue, whether it's uh, human trafficking or poverty or whatever it is, act. Put your uh, concerns into action. Um, there's, there's a famous, famous line that says, uh, preach Christ constantly, when necessary, use words. Um, and I'd encourage you to make that a bit of a mantra for your life, that I'm going to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ constantly through my actions, through the way that I live my life, through the way that I display and demonstrate love to other people. If I have to add words to that, so be it. But that's never, ever what I'm starting with. I think to the extent that you do that, again, your unsafe friends will know exactly what you're on. Uh, You will set as good of an example as you could possibly set for other people. Let me add in one other quick detail. We've talked before on this podcast about listening to the Lord uh, through prayer. I think if you will ask the Lord to show you what your role is in the work that he's doing, to guide you and give you a sense of burden and say, what's my piece in this? If you'll seek the Lord on that wisdom and act on it, Uh, You will be amazed how much change God can bring through your one specific life. Um, But again, that's going to be about action as opposed to speaking.
0: That's absolutely right. I think another thing we can pick up on there is um, you don't have to worry about what other people are doing, especially these kind of people, because uh, they're not doing much. And the people they're doing it for, if they're doing it for anyone, are not the kind of people Jesus talked about serving. Lee, can you speak a little bit about who Jesus did talk about serving?
2: Yeah, the one thing that you'll find is that the people that are shouting this way and and saying the really really uncool stuff and giving you that picture that that you're that you're so frustrated to see that that's not really the true Christianity. Um, they the you know they're not doing anything. the The talking is the only thing that's happening. Um, and as far as if if you do like exactly what these guys are talking about and exactly where Jeb was kind of. Uh, ending on that, if you start doing something, if you decide I'm going to care about the poor or the old or the sick or the immigrants or, or just like the uncool people or the crazy people in my town, here's what I can absolutely guarantee you. You will not find a line that you have to get behind. No, right, right, definitely not. Right, there's, right, okay. there's, there's nobody there. Uh, there's nobody doing anything. So if if you go and decide I'm going to love these people that nobody else cares about well the cool thing is that's exactly when you're saying you know in your question I want to show them what the what what Jesus was actually like that's the whole thing right there is you're, you go and find the people that nobody else cares about. I mean, one thing that's really crazy is the, the people that give, that give others a terrible view of what Christianity is about, one of the things about them is they don't like lost people, and right. they don't know any lost people. Right. And the thing that I would encourage you is to look around at your life and ask the question, do I have lost people in my life? Right. do I have lost people that I care about? Do I have lost people that I hang out with? Am I intentionally putting lost people in my life that I am serving, caring for, hanging out with, getting to know, building a friendship with building a relationship with am I doing that thing that's exactly if if Jesus if the incarnation had happened in our day, that's what he would be doing. He would be hanging out with the immigrants, he would be hanging out with homosexuals, he would be hanging out with poor, he would be hanging out with the disenfranchised, he would be hanging out with everybody that nobody else cares about. This is this is where he that's where you would find him. Amen. And the other th- the other thing that I would say on this is there is a little button on your Facebook uh on your Facebook page that allows you to mute someone. Yes. And yes. if you've got somebody that you're Facebook friends with and and they rant, just mute them. Yeah. Yep. Just stop looking at this tripe because the thing about it is, is exactly as these guys are saying, they're not doing anything. They're only talking. They're not, they're not, they're the one reason that, that people don't actually care about, uh, about these people other than their words is it's only words. That's the only thing that it is. There was, uh, when we were doing, um, a ministry in a county jail a, a little while back, there was a dude that would come in before our service. And he was one of these guys that his his thing was like the only true version of the Bible is the King James Version or whatever. Yeah, right, yeah. We came in one week and he pointed at uh, my boss and said, "What are you holding there? Is that an is that an NIV?" And my boss is like, "What?" And you know we we're kind of taken off guard. And he looked around at all the guys in our on our deck and said, "What this guy is about to say to you in in his next little session is gonna everything he says is gonna be lies." And then that guy gathered up his stuff and left the little room where we were going to have our service. So we came in. We're kind of bug-eyed. We're like, what's going on, you know? And all of our guys at once just started shouting. And they were like, man, that guy made us feel condemned. He made us feel horrible about ourselves. And they wouldn't stop talking for 20 minutes. And they finally said, we're so glad you're here we're so glad you're here. Every week you come in, we feel encouraged. We feel filled up. We feel cared about. We feel like Jesus loves us and he wants to hang out with us. And here's the cool thing. Those people that are ranting and raving, even lost folks, even folks that are trying to figure out where they stand with Jesus, everyone can tell the difference. Everyone right. can tell the difference between the real genuine article of someone who loves them and cares about them and somebody that's just running their mouth. So you get after doing something, mute these people, get them out of your, get them out of your circle who are just talking, and this whole thing changes, the way you feel about it and what's going on with it. Amen. That's a lot of
0: great stuff. Man. All right, we'll move on to our final question here. It came in anonymously at our time blur box, and it says, what do you guys think about this case where the Kentucky clerk is refusing to marry gay couples? Speaking of people running their mouth on the internet, I'm not sure I agree with her on that, but some of my friends online seem to disagree with me. I'm counting on you guys to see through the BS, which as we all know stands for Biblically Specious. And give us a good answer. Jed, why don't you start us off?
1: I can do that. Well, I'm glad you wrote in. I'm going to go through a couple of very, very quick nerdy political things um, because they're kind of relevant to what's going to come after. So um, in the United States of America, and particularly if you are a listener that's not in the U.S., um, we have a thing called the Supreme Court. They have the final say on kind of what is or isn't legal uh, in the United States. Um, they decided, it's been a few months back, but they decided that no question for sure, no gives these backsies, gay marriage is definitely 100% legal in the United States of America. Right. Um, that, that issue from a legal standpoint in the U.S. has been completely settled. Right. Uh, there's, no, there's no question about it. There's actually no one else to talk to about it. That, that's over. That, right. that issue has been settled. Okay, that's important because here's why. This actually, the thing with the clerk doesn't have anything to do with homosexuality. Um, right. What it has to do with is um, learning how to be gracious in defeat. Let me explain what I mean. Mm. Um, this clerk actually is, has a lot in common and certainly represents the views of a lot of cultural christians and here 's the thing they have in common. She had a viewpoint in a debate now this the debate right. in this particular case had to do with homosexuality, but it doesn 't really matter. There right. was a debate, there was an argument, she had a viewpoint in it, and her viewpoint lost um, right. and we want to be clear. She, she did for real lose. Right. Uh, the Supreme Court, they're the, law, they're the final arbiter of the law of the land. They've spoken. It's done. It's over. She lost. Her, her yeah. viewpoint lost. But now she doesn't know how to be gracious in defeat. She right. doesn't know what to do with that moment of, I didn't get my way. Now what? Well, <laughs> part of life is losing battles. Right. Part of life is competing and not winning. Right, Part of life is going for things and getting told no. Part, right. part of life is uh, giving things everything you've got with as much passion and fervor as you can muster and falling short. Right. That, that is unfortunately a part of life. And the thing is, mature adult people know how to process that disappointment. Mm-hmm. Uh, they know how to be cool about that, and they know how to move on. If you can dig it, that's actually a big part of why people try and have their kids play uh, sports when they're young, is so that they can learn. Sometimes you win and you want to be humble in victory. Sometimes right. you lose and you want to be gracious in defeat. That's right. Um, that's because that's, a, that's an important life skill, mm-hmm. um, for, for grown, mature adult people. But there's a, or cl- sometimes you call local news
0: outlets and complain that that little league team that beat yours had illegal people on it.
1: Well, see that actually raises, that's a real thing that happened. Um, in the there little was a world, in the little league world
0: series here in the U
1: S. Absolutely. There was an inner city team that beat a wealthy white team. And the white team freaked out and, you know, um, Put out Went research investigative teams, journalism on them, absolutely. But that actually speaks to this point perfectly. There is a belief, and it's particularly among white suburban Christians, that if their feelings are strong enough, they can't lose.
2: Right. If they
1: have strong enough emotions about an issue, um, then just on really on a spiritual level, they they actually can't lose. There, there's no. There's
2: a, there's a Christian movie on Pure PureFlix about that, Jed. There is actually oh, sure. all Christian. There's actually, movies. plenty of
0: secular movies about that.
1: They're called Rocky and Rudy. Exactly right. I mean. But but there really is a deeply held belief. If I have strong enough feelings, if I have strong enough emotions, I can't lose. Right. And if it looks like I've lost, it's only because I haven't figured out the angle yet right. to bring it all around in the third act. Well, again, um, in life, sometimes you lose. You That's have right. a viewpoint and right or wrong, good or bad, you lost. You lost this argument. You lost this fight. And so you have to figure out, what do I? how do I process that? disappointment like an adult and be gracious in my defeat what you're seeing with this clerk here is the is childish behavior this is a person throwing a tantrum this is a person saying i lost i didn't get my way i will now lash out at the world around me Mm. as a protest of the fact that i lost well here's where the christian view actually comes in on this god's love and this is from the bible specifically calls us to put childish ways behind us Mm. all right And this is really, really, really important. Paul writes, when I was a child, um, I spoke as a child, I thought as a child, I acted as a child. But when I became a man, I put childish ways behind me. Um, And that includes tantrums. Part of life is losing. And part of responding to losing as an adult is being gracious and saying, I've lost this and I need to let it go. Um, Mm -hmm. Whether you think gay marriage is good or bad or indifferent, the bottom line is in the United States of America, it's a settled legal matter. Um, right. It is it is legal. If you were on the side that was against it, you lost. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that argument is over now. The issue now is being gracious in that defeat and moving forward and seeing what else in life you might do that might possibly help someone.
0: That's a fantastic uh, place to start from this. That's absolutely a, a good breakdown of the thing. We'd like you to, to talk a little bit about the other thing that's going on here that church people seem to think they're immune from, even though they point out other people, is there's actually a pretty critical level of hypocrisy. Yeah here yeah. and kind of choosing your battles once you talk us through that
2: well i it, one of the things that's really interesting as a pastor is <laughs> as a pastor you know you wind up knowing a lot about people's lives and a lot about their marriages and it's a really interesting thing to see people that you know really well getting really fired up about the sanctity of marriage when theirs kind of sucks yep. yeah yeah and you're like you know uh you might be able to fool those other people, but you can't talk to me about that because I know what a jerk you've been for the past seventeen years. Yep. So, um and the reason I the reason I say that is that I can guarantee you that this particular county clerk has not spent the last however many years that she's worked at this place, you know, doing an in depth kind of background study on all the, the 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 couples that she's issued marriage licenses for that have been straight. And just right. you know, you know l- l- tell me about your history tell me your story let's do a little premarital counseling i want to know right. you know tell me about your walk with the lord you know right. i mean she has not done this with any of the couples i mean how many couples has she issued marriage licenses for that have their their union has been based purely on a whim uh uh that's been based on unfaithfulness that's been mm-hmm. based on you know whatever i mean there, this woman has signed marriage licenses for people who, uh, based on the sanctity of marriage, have no business being together. Who were yeah. doomed from the start and should have been counseled to push pause and meet with somebody immediately. And uh, and you know, and there have been times in my professional career where I have talked to couples and said, "You can get married in this country if you want to, but I won't have anything to do with it. Yeah, right. Not until you deal with this, this, this issue, and then, and only then, I'll let re-enter a conversation about this." And, but I, otherwise you go get married, you find, get uncle Joe that you just now remembered as a pastor. I'm sure he'll be fine to do it, but I'm not doing it. And so, and all that to say, she has not, uh, done her whole job, her whole career, you know, as a matter of conscience based on the sanctity of marriage. It's just this one issue. It's just this one thing. She doesn't really care about the sanctity of marriage. She cares about the gay thing. right She doesn't like gay people, right period. That's right. what this is. Yes. She doesn't like gay people. She doesn't care about the sanctity of marriage. She doesn't like gay people. There's a huge difference there, right?
0: Yeah, I think that's absolutely right. And Lee uh, put some really good stuff on that. Glenn, why don't you close this out?
3: Well, I think uh, first of all, and 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 I I feel a little bit like uh, uh, maybe embarrassed to to start here, embarrassed for her, but I would li- now like to explain how democracy works. Um, and <laughs> a democracy... You don't
0: need to tell me that, Glenn. The Lord Jesus gave us democracy on July 4th, 1776, and I won't hear anything else about it.
3: Yeah, the democracy is you don't get to have your way. Everybody decides together, and then you that's go... That's what are doing. You, that's what we're doing. Uh, I think this country, there's a certain uh, political uh, strain that's kind of made its way through society and... Uh, that has created this obsession with freedom. I can right. do anything I want. I don't have to do anything. No one can make me do something I don't want to do. I, I'm, a, I'm an American. And that means I'm free. Yep. Um, it's actually super not true. Uh, you, <laughs> When you get on the highway, and that speed limit sign says 55 you will be stopped from driving faster than that. We've all agreed what the speed Most of
1: us have experienced that. Exactly
3: right. You are not free to do what you want in almost any area of society. There are laws and rules that govern a civilized society. Now, Um, here's the part where this gets a little fuzzy. Uh, You might say, well, uh, if you have a conscientious objection to something the government is is doing shouldn't you protest that shouldn't you speak up and say i don't think this is right whether the rest of america thinks it's right or not it, if this was a a racism issue and this is someone who's saying i th- i think this is unfair that i'm being the majority of people w- would go against this but i'm a minority person and 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 i you know i think this is unfair but here's where that particular part of this falls apart First and foremost, we need to always, always, always be um, uh, wary when the majority culture acts as if it's the victim. Yeah, yeah. Every yeah. alarm bell should be going off because that's yeah. that's when the the, the 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 tanks are
1: start to roll across the
3: border. Yeah, there's know?
1: actually a lot of historical precedent of that being a huge warning that's, sign.
3: That's like all of them every from roman history onward that's you know uh, uh when the majority culture with all the power says we are being victimized and we're being punished and persecuted and so forth second thing is um that makes this not uh, a, a conscientious uh, objection uh, uh uh on the the legal part of this is that marriage is an unusual thing in that it is certified in sometimes in a church sure. and it is certified by the state and some people get married and only have it certified by the state and they don't have a church wedding they just go to the justice of the peace
0: it's a c- legal contract
3: it absolutely it's a legal contract and and those those the the court decides who can be legally married by the justice of the peace that's a that's a that's a, a a legal distinction that that the courts uh, decide, but the courts don't have a voice and can't make a Christian uh, married to gay people in their church where they have an objection to that. So there's a complete right. freedom to within your church to marry or not whoever you want. So you're not being right. infringed on that. If you feel as though, hey, in all good conscience, I can't do this thing. That's when you step down. Sure. That's when you ask somebody else to fill in for you on, on that particular occasion or that particular day or whatever else, uh, because you say I have, you know, I have an a, a objection to this. But you, what you cannot do is enter into that situation and say, I uh, want to decide as a Christian what non Christians can or cannot do yep. on a legal basis. Yep by just simply subverting the legal process yep. and making everyone act Christian, whether they're saved or not. Yep. and it, I mean, the whole thing is madness. I mean, it's just, this is not how, as you say, this is not how grown folks think and, and, and act and respond to situations. Uh, this is the law of the land. Your job is to take the the contracts and the the, the, the marriage licenses, certify them, and you know, put the rubber stamp on it. As Lee said, you You've certified thousands and thousands of horrible, horrible marriages, and you didn't <laughs> care one bet one way or another uh you 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 saw Bubba come in in his overalls and Sissy come in next to him and and the the father in law with a shotgun, and you know you knew what that was. And you didn't care about that. That was not, a, you know, whatever. So, so l- let's bring this into, it, 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 and I, I'm going to agree with Lee and land on this: that that when it's you, you can't take a bigotry and wrap around you freedom and America and uh, justice and, and all the, and Jesus, and say that's my excuse for this. Well, that's not going to work. And
2: that's- and that's not not to cut you off, man. But that's no, not too. her job. You right. know, her her job has nothing to do with conscience. Her job is to stamp documents. Right. You know. Right. So if you if if you fulfill the requirements of the law of the land, my job is to then issue the papers. Right. This is not a person who has any. It, you know, that that she's just not a shot caller in right. that area, and that's why this makes no sense. Absolutely.
0: Absolutely right. So there's a couple of other details we want to give in on this whole situation. Um one is um we are making a little bit of fun of this lady because dang, but um she's not the real, real problem. Like she this one lady in Kentucky is not really the reason your your friends are posting about this on Facebook. So this this one lady, if you're again if you're either just not caught up in the news or if you're from out of the country, and this seems a little weird. So she's from she's a county clerk in Kentucky. She As Jed pointed out at the beginning of this question, the uh, the Supreme Court legislation uh, ruling came down that um, same sex marriage is entirely legal in all fifty states. So you got to start pumping out those marriage licenses. There were a couple of kind of um, governors and mayors said, "Well, we we won't make our people do it," and that all kind of fell away once the political points were being scored. Now, this lady did not get arrested for not helping gay people get married. She got right. the charge. She was arrested on is contempt of court. Mm. That means a judge said you filed an injunction and said, you have to follow the law here. Yeah. She decided I don't want to do that. And he put out for her to spend a couple of nights in jail. That is the backbone of having a legal system in a society yep. mm-hmm. is if the judge says to do something and you don't do it. You have to be punished for that. Yep. Right. That gets abused in many ways. I don't think this is one of those cases of abuse now. But then what happened is this lady became a symbol and a lightning rod for a lot of these uh, very specific types of cultural Christians we were talking about. Mm-hmm. And you've got uh Republican presidential candidates mm-hmm. going mm-hmm. down there. Mm-hmm. One of them uh, elbowing each other out of the way. Absolutely. For uh, camera time. One of them who is apparently a pastor who spent a lot of time uh, letting the Duggars be on his show. And after the whole Josh Duggar thing came out and said, I still think they're super neat people. Yep. Um, right. uh, he came out and said, I wish I could go to jail for her. Sure. Which uh, wow. he would never be able to do. Right. So right. that's literally just something he said. Yes. Right. But this lady, so as again, Glenn pointed out, this is the people who are the overwhelming majority in this country demographically, which is white Christians. Uh, you can talk about whether or not people actually have a relationship with the Lord, and there's no way to know that, right, right, right. but as far as people filed the census, white Protestant Christian is the number one um, religious designation in America. Right, That's the top one, and so. but they get to be have all the, everybody likes us, we're the majority, we have all the privilege, but also, they get to be oppressed.
1: Yes. Right. Horribly oppressed.
0: Horribly oppressed. And it turns out, when you're a white person who's horribly oppressed, you can kind of convince a certain other sect of white people that all their problems are these darn social justice warriors faults Mm -hmm. (laughs) and they'll vote for you and they'll watch your TV show and they'll give to your GoFundMe. Yep. Cause, uh, whether it's this lady, it's the people who had the, the homophobic bakery and the thing, there's a, a there's a a kind of conservative state here in the Midwest called Indiana, which is just an ungodly flat corn ridden place. I have to drive through Indiana a lot to get home, so I have lots of feelings about Indiana. But there was a, a pizza parlor there that came out and said, We're not going to, we put a big sign in the window, and we're not going to serve gay people. Well, that's illegal in the United States. Yes. It's called discriminatory, pra- discriminatory practice. If you wonder why it's illegal to not be able to serve people, I'd like you to Google Alabama lunch counter. Yes. <laughs> and they just read things that come from that. So, but they said that. And then, so the uh, town they're in didn't arrest them didn't make them not be Christian, didn't threaten to throw them into a furnace. They pulled their business license because part of having a business license in this state and town means you don't discriminate on who you serve. So they put out a fundraiser and raised $800,000 from quote-unquote Christians to serve this great injustice. Now, uh, eight hundred thousand dollars could feed a lot of hungry people. Yep. Mm-hmm. Could educate a lot of children.
1: Yep. Mm-hmm.
0: Could take in a lot of immigrants. Yep. Yep. It could fund a number of uh, poor churches. Yep. Yep. It could fund a number of ministries that outreach to all size people. This went to the homophobic pizza people. Yep. Same thing here. You say this lady got thrown in jail for contempt of court. Well, um, the three of us, especially up here in Chicago, know a lot of people have been thrown in jail for a lot of bogus things. Yep. Right. If you follow either, like, the Black Lives Matter protest things, they just throw them in, they just throw a bunch of people in jail and then they uh, release them later when it's clear there's no charge. Right. None of these people had anything to say about that. Right. But when it was a white Christian, then it's it's an emotional kind of appeal. Yep. And this lady who's a county clerk in Kentucky, she just kind of got caught up in all that. Not to say yep. she's this of it. She did a thing. and She had a very illegal mm. thing. But when you're looking at this and saying, you know, what's the deal with... Why, why are there some people online who may otherwise be rational people who seem to be all caught up in this? It's either they've only gotten a very specific slice of the information. Mm. Maybe they... Um, Subscribe to news outlets that are statistically studied to show that you are less informed on the news than people who don't watch the news, that would be Fox here in the United States. They've done that study several times over the last decade, comes out being true. So if you only hear and you only read certain stories that say this lady was was just being Christian and they threw her in jail because of the gay agenda. (laughs) Right. Right maybe you get a little fired up on that then you start reading your Breitbart and whatever it just kind of spins and spins and spins and spins and nobody pulls back and says what does any of this have to do with anything? Right. So that is hopefully the kind of minimal uh, biblically specious answer on that. There's a lot of stuff going on about this but I, the, what I want you to take one of the big things I want you to take away about that is as all these guys said whenever you have someone who is the majority the privileged class saying man we're so oppressed and then the answer is you should vote for me or give us money because yeah. of how oppressed we are. You got to start looking at, you know, maybe these people aren't just out to serve the name of the Lord. Yeah. Right. So, uh, we hope that helps out. We know if, uh, we don't get a lot of questions like that, but if you ever have those and, hey, sketch this out for us, we're happy to do it. War on Christmas. Yeah, War on Christmas. They've already, by the way, O'Reilly already did his first War on Christmas thing in August. Lord. The War on Christmas <laughs> comes earlier every year. I remember when they wore on Halloween used to not even be started by now
1: absolutely
0: alright right, so if you have a question for us say that podcast at gmail.com thebridgechicago.tumblr.com or take out the song this is from our friends down there in Knoxville Southern Harmonic it's a great tune old tune called This Is My Father's World I like the the idea of a lot of stuff we talked about on this podcast Of you know God's still in charge of stuff it's a great little uh, folky reminder of that, so we're going to take out that. Thanks for listening to this one. We love you. God loves you. There's nothing you can do about it. Don't go in there, Kurt Cameron. It's full of flaming velociraptors.
3: Oscar,
1: (laughs) now, please.
0: (laughs) This is my
4: father's world And to my listening ears, all nature sings and round This is my father's world I rest me in the thought of rocks and trees of skies and seas in the wonders wrought. This is my father's world the birds sing Oh mm-hmm.